Kia ora Victoria McLennan toko ingoa. Welcome to Bridging the Gap, a podcast that celebrates diversity here in Aotearoa, New Zealand's digital technology industry. I'm the CEO of IT Professionals, Te Pō Hangarau Nayo. From developers to programmers, product managers to designers, this field is filled with a wide range of individuals who bring unique perspectives and skills to their mahi. Join us as we delve into the stories and experiences of those who strive to bridge the gap and foster a more inclusive and thriving digital technology community here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Kia ora, I'm here today with Alvin Yeo from the sunny Waikato. Kia ora, Alvin, thanks for joining me. Kia ora, Vic. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. But I'll bet it is lovely up there and it's not so great right now in the capital. It's always lovely there when I visit you. Yep, excellent. When we hope that, you know, the the weather stills the same when you come up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm coming to visit in a couple of weeks, which will be great. Really looking forward to that. Excellent. So to help our listeners get to know you a bit, why don't you give them a bit of an elevator pitch or barbecue pitch, whatever you want to call it, on who you are and what you do in the digital technology space? Yeah, so um, so my name's Elvin, um, and I work at the School of Computing and Mathematical Sciences at the University of Waikato. I'm the Industry Engagement Manager, and basically I wear three hats. Um, so the first hat is industry-facing. I helped with the internships um, for a master's program, the Master's of Information Technology, and helped connect the school to industry. Uh, usual question is, um, oh, Elvin, do you know someone in, say, embedded system who can bring in as a as an invited speaker? So I do that. Um, the second hat is so more around um, professional development. Um, so I co-teach a paper called Preparing uh, for the ICT Internship and help students prepare for the for the internship, but also for their IT career. And we look at the four Cs, the collaboration, communication, um, creativity, critical thinking skills. And as part of it, you know, invite industry speakers to come in and give advice about CVs, do more interviews. And uh, of late, started doing um, some collaboration also with the students and a uh, an iwi, uh, the Fakatohia iwi over in Opotiki, which is where it leads to my third hat and that's um, community facing um, so at the school we have an umbrella term uh, hangarau mote ora which is uh, technology for good and what we do is uh, we've had students work with the community to prototype some ideas that they would like to carry on and some of the projects also with the researchers here we've got a Wayata app and one of my colleagues is working on the digital library also with the iwi so yep that's that's who wow. I am and what I do. Wow, sounds like a busy, busy job. Uh, interesting as well. Interesting job too. I love that you teach that paper on preparing for internships because there's often a lot of comments from employers that students aren't work placement ready, so it's great that you have that focus. Is that unique? Are you the only ones who do that, do you think? Um, not too sure. Um, so I guess how that paper came about was uh, when in 2016, when the master's 
um, was established. So this is a master's under the Auckland ICT Graduate School, uh, a partnership with Auckland University and Waikato University. So when we ran it the first year, I had a friend, a colleague uh, from the Wilf Malcolm Institute of uh, Educational uh, Research, and they were, uh, she was saying, you know, um, we'll be quite good you know, to talk to the students from, and then also from industry and also from the academic side, you know, to see what is it that worked well for the internship and what didn't. And I think out of that, the students were saying that, you know, um, it would be quite good to have like a, a paper that helps to prepare them for it. So um, rather than being a series of uh, ad hoc workshops that everything's like put in together. And I think what has worked well has been, um, because with the with yeah we've we've got very ge generous um industry uh, people here um they've been willing to give up their time to actually you know talk to the students and give give advice um I think one of the ones that worked really well was um students especially those um international students coming in you know they have never worked in in a, a Kiwi organization before so you know with the industry people coming in they are at the senior level they are the ones employing the the students right so they can actually give you know um, advice around the CVs and also with the interviews and also giving it you know, after they do that mock interview to give them some feedback. So I think that really helps with uh, with the with the students preparing. So it you know, gets them a bit more confidence, but also you know, allay some of their fears that they may have. That's really, really cool. But we need to get back to talking about you because this yes. is all about you, this podcast. <laughs> so tell me about what you did before you came to Waikato and what your career journey was before that. Okay. Um. So I... I yeah, I, I look back and I think I'm a bit like a, a boomerang. <laughs> so um, so I ended up at uh, year 13, 7 form in Hamilton School. And I asked a friend what he was doing for uni because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And they said, oh, I'm going to Wakanda University to do this new degree, the Bachelor's of uh, Computing and Mathematical Sciences, uh, BCMS. And I thought, oh, so I asked him, is there any physics, chemistry, biology in it? He said, nah. So I said, yep, I'll, I'll give it a go. So I ended up doing my BCMS and it was at Waikato University that I met my future employer. So there were two Malaysians who were here, uh, academic, and they were headhunted back to Malaysia to set up a new faculty of IT over in um, in yeah, Sarawak and the island of Borneo. And it turns out that um, the faculty... Uh, was actually, or the, the, uni the new university was actually 20 minutes drive from my hometown. Oh, wow. Oh. So I, after my degree, I went, uh, I thought I would stay there for a couple of years, ended up working at the university um, 22 years. Wow. <laughs> so after that, um, so along the way, um, they said they persuaded, okay, they convinced me to, to do a PhD, to stick around at the university. And they said, well, um, you could go to any university. So I ended up coming back to Waikato University. Nice. And then it was at Waikato University that I did a bit. Uh, so my research um, was on how culture impact on the software met software methodology or software development methodology, um, oh. specifically the usability evaluation. And what um, I looked at was mainly you know, how cultures actually um, does impact in terms of how people actually give evaluation stuff and all that. So, um, so when I went back to Malaysia, um, I think there was a research group that was looking for someone who had technology background. 
but also had an interest also working with people. And given my area was in human-computer interaction, was a good fit. So I ended up working in that space for 16 years. Um, and that space was uh, bridging the digital divide. They were looking at bringing technology to very remote rural locations. And the idea was to try to see whether what were the temp contemporary IT or technology that was out there that could actually help bring about socioeconomic de uh, development. And um, what that entailed was um, going to the community, working with them to see what their needs are. And then uh, an internet center was set up um, because it was quite remote using telecommunication technologies, um, satellite technology, technologies. Um, there was also solar powered. Um, the internet um, or the computers or that was all, uh, solar powered and uh, there was a generator set and the, uh, the community ran it. And they also use that technology for things like e-learning and also helping with some of the uh, tourism um, yeah, to a tourism business over there. And because I was doing that, I was also working with um, the universities. I was working also with the government and industry. And I, that was probably the reason why I ended up. So I, I was coming back to New Zealand and um, looking for something to do. Didn't really want to be uh, an academic again, you know, with the publication uh -huh. and all that stuff as well. So this role came up at the university, the internship, looking at the internship, setting up the internship program. So seems like a good wow. fit as well. So, and back, yeah. and voila, here I am. But amazing that you've had such impact-focused roles, you know, the digital divide stuff, and then now the helping to grow the workforce. Um, that must be really satisfying for you. Yeah, Um. And I, I think that's one of the things that that I've yeah that I saw that you know um technology does um have an impact. Our tech line back in Malaysia was technology touching lives, and right. I think that's the reason why I was quite keen to continue working in an area that you know involved technology. And in this case, you know I'm working with the students. Um, that's been quite good because um you could actually. Yeah, see, especially some of the students who haven't been working, going through that process. And then, um, yeah, I still remember there was one particular uh, student. She didn't know what she wanted to, to do. So she initially started engineering, didn't like it, then did computing, and then found that she liked computing, but didn't know whether front end, back end. So we found that you now there was a... We, she, she did the Masters of Information Technology. So she did an internship with this company and the company said, well, uh, let you do something with a, a, a full stack role type thing. And at the end of it, I, I could still remember the, the mentor uh, asked her, so have you decided? So he said, uh, yeah, as much as I enjoy the computing side, she said, front end is my thing. So nice. you know, it, it does, you know, it, it's quite good that you can see that, you know, students do really like, you know, not only take the opportunity, but being able to actually decide more or less what she's doing. And the good thing is uh, the students still working for the, for the organization. Wow, that's so cool. It's such a good story. So tell me about challenges that you've faced working in this space, in the digital technology space. And if there are any that spring to mind and how you've overcome them. Yeah, um, I, I guess it's always that. Um, so, so firstly, um, you know, there are quite a few companies in the Waikato area who are 
open hosting students um, for their internships. And I know that there are probably some who are kind of apprehensive. And I mm -hmm. guess it's trying to, you know, open the doors to tell these companies to give it a go because, you know, ultimately with... Uh, with the students, you know, they, they do, I think there was one company who was saying that, you know, the students coming in does give a, a breath of fresh air because rather than the normal routine, you know, got someone new and then also, you know, coming up with like new, new ideas. And they are kind of, you know, young, enthusiastic and uh, quite passionate about, about it as well. And I think the other thing is also that... Um, I guess in the long term that, you know, um, you know, we always hear that, you know, there's uh, the need for IT professionals uh, or experienced IT prof professionals. But in order to get to be an IT professional, we do need to ensure that you know, we are training the younger ones. And I think maybe some, if it is possible that, you know, um, companies could consider this as like, you know, giving up some time uh, mm -hmm. to actually help grow that talent pool out there and yeah and I know that this is a kaupapa that is also very close to your heart as well yeah very much so and how do we help employers understand that they need to invest in entry-level roles as well as finding those perfectly formed seniors that they're often desiring <laughs> so, yeah yeah it's quite a different strategy oh that's a really good one to explain so in your experience, why is diversity really important? Because this is something you and I have discussed a lot in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think with diversity and um, you know, people from like different backgrounds, um, you know, they have different perspectives and uh, they also bring in like different skill sets and expertise. And I I I always remember back to this story, um, the MagSafe that magnet magnetic power connector you know accidentally kick the wire luckily the laptop doesn't go flying so um i read somewhere that you know that was actually something that came from um, an idea with uh, japanese appliances because they were using it for like deep fryers rice cookers you know so with that attachment it avoids that spilling of dangerous hot contents right yeah and that, that got adapted to the computer so you know it's one of those things that you just don't know out there someone you know, might have that spark to say, ah, you know, saw something like this, could this be applied? And I think the other one in terms of diversity is that I suspect that, you know, more diverse people are more empathetic and businesses, right? They always want not only the employees to be empathetic, but then be able to understand the customers and better with a better understanding, better products, better services. So yeah. uh, quite important. And um, oh yes, yeah, so the last one, I thought about was that you know um diverse especially in nationalities um the potluck pie would be pretty good because not only you have the pavlovas and the curries the samosas the migoreng and all that as well um and i think the other day one of my friends uh she's from uh, south island and then she talked talk to me about uh southern sushi which is the cheese rolls. Oh, okay. Yeah, cheese rolls. <laughs> so yeah, the oh, diversity, yeah. not, not yeah. only for, on the, the technology side, but also, I guess, on the Kai side. If you're an IT professional or aspiring to be one, we encourage you to check us out as New Zealand's only digital technology industry body who is focused exclusively on the people who work in this industry. We provide a range of resources, events and networking opportunities to help you grow your career and stay up to date with the latest trends and technologies. Visit our website at itp.nz or flick us an email. 
info at itp.nz. You're really passionate about what you do and and I know you've been in this role for a couple of years now and as you've described it, you've been in your previous roles for long periods of time. What was the moment or situation, that aha moment that made you think this is this is where I need to be, this is right for me? Yeah, um, so I think looking back, um, so imagine this, um, the location is Barrio. It's um, about an hour's flight by a small plane. Um, but if you want to trek, it's probably going to be about a month's trek to, like, to the nearest town. Wow. Um, and it's middle of nowhere. And we've, we had an internet center up there. So I had this conversation with uh, one of the homestay owners. So I remember I mentioned tourism was a thing. So people started uh, to be able to come to visit and all because they knew about the place uh, with with the internet. So the Steven Baya, so he's the owner of the homestay and he's also a very talented artist. And he was, um, so he has worked with like, you know, leading hotels, I think like Hilton as a resident artist. So he was saying that it was only because of the internet that I was willing to come back to the village and then to be able to actually open up the homestay. So he has this uh, jungle, blues, dream, um, art gallery and homestay. So you can go there, stay there and then, you know, be able to actually get some art lessons as well. But that was when I realized that you know, um, the technology does open doors for many other things as well. And then I think that's the reason why I saw, well, great place to be with technology. So whether I'm involved directly or indirectly as well. Um, yeah, and then that was the one that still sticks in my mind. That This probably happened like 15, 20 years ago. Wow, that's awesome though. And that epiphany and being able to yeah, kind of relate that story to having an impact for those people on a really local basis is so cool. Not many people get to do that in their lives. So I'm really pleased that that you have. So I know your job is all about young people coming into the industry and giving career advice. So of the masses of advice and also about people who are career changing, as you've already discussed, or have studied something else or have been in a different career and looking to come into tech, of all the pieces of advice that you give, what's one one piece of that advice that if anyone who's listening to this thinking about joining digital technology, what's one piece you'd have advice you give them on getting started really um i think it's just give it a go because you know you don't know what you don't know and you know as i've mentioned in the previous story of that you know that woman who actually just tried it out and then enjoyed it and then was able to find something that she enjoyed doing so yeah i mean you don't know until you you try it out right yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm going to ask you my gnarly question now. Yep. If you could invent something to solve a wicked problem, what problem would you want to solve? Um, initially, I thought about like it was like poverty, but I thought it would be cool to have this tool that can equip someone with the skills and knowledge and they can solve their own problems and also society's problems. So if you think about it, they could solve all the other problems, uh, poverty, education, health, climate change. But then, yeah, pipe dream. But he did say, <laughs> if I could. <laughs> a wicked problem. It's a brilliant wicked problem. Um, so are there any, you know, there's a lot changing our industry at the moment. There's a lot happening in um, digital technology. There's a lot happening in academia. Generative AI is going to undermine everything as we know it. 
what have you been thinking about recently on the kind of the future of tech and things that you've seen or heard or think are, are interesting that we're going to be facing in the future? Yeah, I think uh, one of the first things is uh, the chat GPT, which is, I think, it's everybody's yeah. mind. Um, I, I think um, I, I looked at it and you know, it is a technology, it's a fad, you know, definitely will will change how things are. It's already changing. It's even changing how we are actually teaching as well. Um, mm. But I think ultimately, it's like, you know, looking at the long term again, it's like not just like technology for profit, but you know, but technology for the greater good. And, you know, I think we really need to really think further ahead in terms of like what can actually be done and you know just as like all the smart people uh with the AI hats on in that sense you know there there probably will be some way which they can actually leverage that technology to you know to to tackle the challenges that we have right now. Yeah which is awesome. Let's hope it's all generated into technology for good, not technology for commercial gain, right? <laughs> uh, I think someone was saying that yeah whatever technology it is, I think that has to be that responsibility that's going to be tied to it. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right, I've got some quick fire questions for you before we go. So the first one is, if you had to choose between having a robot assistant running around after you or an AI virtual assistant taking the pain out of your workload, which one would you pick and why? Um, robot assistant, um, so I can just tell it and then it can do all the things that I need to do. <laughs> Organize my meetings, or code that uh, receipt for, for the finance department. <laughs> yeah, definitely, take the drops out of your day, I get that. What's the, what's the best tech gadget in your life? Um, unfortunately, it's the mobile phone. Um, I don't know, you probably was... You probably remember the BlackBerry. Um, yeah. I, I, I still miss the keyboard. I had the bowl, the Q10, <laughs> the passport. Um, I I tried to stick to it, but in the end, I gave up. So I'm yeah now I have a Samsung. Um, use it to take photos. So yeah, it's it's my go-to. Even started watching, yeah, like programs on it. I used to think my kids were a bit not, <laughs> a bit crazy, you know, looking at yeah. the small screen, but. And yeah, I'm doing the same thing as well, right? <laughs> but anyone who's listening, a BlackBerry, when they came out, they were revolutionary. They really changed our lives. And they were small and compact, but they had a QWERTY keyboard that was like you pressed buttons, wasn't it? And so you rather than texting as we know it today, it was like texting on this QWERTY keyboard that you did with your thumbs. It was a crazy Crazy design, but it revolutionized things because we had nothing like it before. Yeah. There was no computer. So conversely, what's the worst tech gadget in your life? Yeah. Again, mobile phone. <laughs> ended, up, ended up getting into that, that rabbit hole. Once you yeah. start, you can't stop. And um, yeah, and then I started also doing a bit of gaming, uh playing uh the FIFA mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> which are uh, again a bit addictive, so have to be disciplined there. Yeah, addiction um, to phones has come up quite often when I talk to people. Um, what's the top tech tip that you give people? Yeah, um, I, I think it would be a non-tech tech tip, uh, which is um, that 20, 20, 20, um, after 20 minutes on the screen, look at something 20 feet away, for 20 seconds and nice. uh, I think that saved me uh, a very big migraine at the end of the day <laughs> nice that's a great tip actually I could I could take 
pet one on. Um, and so when you are on your mobile phone and you get into the social media, do you doom scroll or do you shut it all down? Um, shut it down, but I have to admit, um, I have a Facebook account and I've only done one post on it. Uh, yeah, it's not the platform anymore. You need to get on TikTok. I'm sure your children can help you there. Yeah. And Alvin, what makes you happy? Um, so I think uh, two things. One is um, going for walks. Something I only realized in New Zealand. And when I went back to Malaysia, I found that um, in my state, it's over, there's 11 national parks. So that's one. And the other one is um, coffee, kai, and korero uh, with uh, Fanao and friends. Yeah. So the opportunity to catch up, talk. Um, and it's just with people that I know and also with people that I don't know. Um, I've learned that thing to do coffees in New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Coffees are, are, are a way that people find they connect, don't they? It's, yeah. It's really interesting. Oh, thank you so much for your time today. You've got a bit of a plug you'd like to give at the end to tell yep. us more about your mahi. Yep. So, um, so I come from the School of Computing and Mathematical Sciences. So we are celebrating 50 years of computing at Waikato University. Um, for those that don't know, um, Waikato University was the first internet connection for New Zealand and also it's a home to Weka, which is the Waikato mm -hmm. environment for knowledge analysis, uh, open source machine learning software, more than 10 million downloads. Um, so the school, uh, we all we offer the different uh, degrees and also a conversion one as well for someone who's from a different discipline coming into computing. And yeah, if you're happy or you're wanting to connect with people, uh, R&D collaboration and all that in cybersecurity, AI, um, human-centered computing, IOTs, digital libraries, um, yeah, connect to me. Um, if you can Google Computer Science and Waikato or you can connect me uh, on LinkedIn. Yay. Thanks, Alvin. That's great. And I am... I'll, I'll try and get this podcast released next week. And the week after that, I will be up in Waikato helping you celebrate the 50-year anniversary, which is fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much. I appreciate this, Vic. Yeah, thanks for your time. It was a great discussion. Ka kite. Ka kite. Hia pai tō rā. Thank you for listening. Join me at the next episode of Bridging the Gap.